Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe tap-to-pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. This 10th year of Daily Tech News Show is made possible by its listeners. Thanks to all of you, including John Atwood, Pat, and DeGracia A. Daniels. Coming up on DTNS, Bodie from the Kilowatt Podcast tells us the hot EV trends he saw at CES and how satellite internet is poised to sweep across the world. This is the Daily Tech News for Friday, the 13th of January, 2023 in Los Angeles. I'm Tom Merritt. From Columbus, Ohio, I'm Rob Dunwood. Drawing the top tech stories from Cleveland, I'm Len Peralta. I'm the show's producer, Roger Chang. And joining us, the host of the Kilowatt Podcast, Bodie Grimm. Welcome back. Hello. Thank you for so much for having me back. Thank you for surviving CES and making it back. Oh, I loved CES. It was great. <laughs> yeah. Do your feet, yeah. Your feet are okay? No feed issues. No Good. feed issues. That's great. Uh, well, I can't wait to talk to you about what you saw there. So let's get right into. Oh, by the way, yes, we know Twitter third party apps are having a problem, but we don't know what it is either. So if we find out, we'll tell you. Here are the rest of the quick hits. Reuters sources say the Cyberspace Administration of China and other Chinese regulators could allow DD Global to resume new user registration and relist its 25 banned mobile apps as early as next week. Uh, sounds like China is relaxing on the tech. As China's government eases those restrictions, it's also adding a slight bit of control. The government Cyberspace Administration also acquired 1% of Alibaba and got a board seat on January 4th. China's government had already acquired stakes in Weibo, the messaging company, and ByteDance subsidiary Douyin Information Service. It's in talks with Tencent to acquire a similar 1% stake in one of its domestic subsidiaries. YouTube confirmed to the Wall Street Journal that it is in talks to create a hub of free ad-supported TV channels. YouTube told the journal that it is running a test of such a service for a small number of users. Lionsgate, A&E Networks, and FilmRise apparently are among those participating in the test. If they move forward, it could launch later this year. Now, y'all probably heard that uh, Tim Cook got a pay cut. Here's what happened and why, in case uh, you don't want to be misled by certain headlines. 
Cook makes $3 million a year. That's actually his base salary. He's going to get that no matter what. That didn't get cut. He also can get a bonus of up to $6 million. That is also unchanged. He's, he's probably going to get that bonus. What is changing is the stock he gets awarded. That's the largest part of those big numbers you hear. According to a Thursday filing, the amount of stock that he could get will fall from $75 million worth of stock in 2022 to $40 million worth of stock this year. And the percentage of that stock that is linked to Apple's performance is going up. In other words, the amount he wouldn't get if Apple performed badly. So the amount linked to performance will rise from 50% last year to 75% this year. According to the Financial Times, there was some concern about the increasing amount of equity that Cook was getting, uh, the value of his pay because of stock rose 500% between 2020 and 2021. Filing said the adjustment was made because of shareholder feedback, and I quote, a recommendation from Mr. Cook to adjust his compensation in light of the feedback received. The filing also noted there was, and I quote again, overwhelming support for Mr. Cook's exceptional leadership. NVIDIA Broadcast added a new eye contact but beta feature, which uses algorithms to overlay simulated eyes on a person's face to make them align with their camera. Eye contact will try to match eye color and automatically disconnect if you look too far away. Apple offers a similar feature in FaceTime, and Microsoft added a feature to Windows 11 for PCs with neural processing units. Medium has launched its own Mastodon instance at me.dm. It began testing the instance with a few of its authors and will eventually make it a perk if you're a paying member of Medium. Medium claims this will offer users reliable infrastructure, consistent moderation, an interesting local feed, and a shorter domain name for sharing. Uh, as part of the instance, Medium will create a sign-up with Medium interface to ease onboarding. Don't forget, Medium started by former Twitter co-founders. And that is a look at the quick hits. All right, before we get into EVs, let's talk a little bit about satellites. Uh, satellites in low Earth orbit are close enough to handle fast internet connections, and the promise has always been that they could provide internet everywhere on Earth. The holdup has been the cost. It costs a lot to get them up. Uh, it costs a lot to get the service going. But the idea is, like, once you make it ubiquitous, those costs would start to come down. The war in Ukraine may be helping satellite internet get over that hump. The Economist's tech podcast, Babbage, had an episode this week discussing how SpaceX's Starlink satellites have become the main means of transmitting info for Ukraine's military. Uh, why SpaceX, Rob? Well, SpaceX brought down the cost of rocket launches, making launching lots of satellites more cost effective. Starlink has 3,500 satellites in orbit and aims to eventually have 20 to 40,000. The Falcon 9 rocket can launch 50 Starlink satellites at once, and SpaceX's Starship rocket can do 400 satellites at once and cost less than it does with the Falcon 9. Ah, so they they're they're able to to do it cheaper. Basically, that's that's <laughs> yeah. that's what's going on. Uh, Starlink's commercial service has seen slow adoption, though. Even at six hundred dollars, they're losing money on each uh, piece of equipment they sell people, and they haven't got as many people to sign up as they'd like. However, two days into the war in Ukraine last year, the country's minister of digital transformation asked Starlink for help, and within a couple of days of that, receivers were rolling into the country. Starlink's reception dishes are small enough and rugged enough to go mobile, and the Army has taken advantage of that. They can be powered off cigarette lighters and batteries, which means citizens can use them, sometimes even in places where there's power outages. Ukraine has added them to drones, 
for piloting and for showing live video. And because of the connection coming from space, anyone can take advantage of the 100 megabit per second connection, as long as they have a receiver and some battery. As a result, communication has become ubiquitous within the Army. What was once available to senior officers, satellite transmissions from big, expensive satellites, is now available to every soldier who has a phone. And all this usage in the Ukraine in Ukraine has demonstrated the benefits of space-based internet, especially for militaries. In fact, Starlink has created Star Shield, a division that markets its products to government militaries. And Starlink isn't the only company getting into the business. Jeff Bezos's Kuiper has plans to launch a network, and OneWeb, owned by an Indian company in the UK government, has launched its own satellites. Countries are also looking at launching their own systems since they want to control them. Taiwan is in talks with investors. Russia announced plans to launch two hundred. 70 satellites and china is well along in its plans yeah china has plans to launch 13,000 low earth orbit satellites the effort is centralized under the china aerospace science and technology corporations go wang entity while it is now and will likely remain state controlled they are getting dozens of private startups to act as suppliers rest of world estimates that around two dozen satellite constellation projects are underway in china galaxy space is one of the most successful it's already a unicorn, says it can offer speeds five times faster. But Chinese automaker Geely is also in the game. Uh, they've got a few satellites up in orbit already, and they're planning to offer uh, service to the centralized entity. Two percent of Starlink users are outside of North America, Europe, Australia, and New Zealand. So that leaves a large part of the world open for the Chinese-owned internet service to eventually get traction. We're talking Latin America, Southeast Asia, and Africa. We're going to have a lot of people competing. We're going to have a lot of militaries putting these services up. The military put up GPS, which now is used by everybody and is also, uh, you know, been replicated with Galileo and GLONASS and, and things like that. Space and war often end up developing technology that advances everybody's uses. Here we have both at work. I'm curious what y'all think. Uh, Bodie, let's start with you. Uh, do you think this looks like we're going to end up with just fast connections from space for everybody? If you can put it on the back of a drone and you can still fly and you can still get internet, then yes, I think so, yes. My family back in Alaska is actually using, uh, or some of them anyway, are using, uh, um, oh man, I just blanked, Starlink. My family back in Alaska, they're oh, using yeah, Starlink. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So yes, I hope so. Like as a person who grew up in a very rural area where you, you didn't get a lot of uh, any modern convenience, uh, I think that this is a good thing overall. Rob, what do you think? So, yeah, I, I think a couple things. Number one, this is a new type of space race. We, we, we are getting back into that. But I think that we eventually are going to get to the point to where we're living in like a Star Trek world to where you literally can just pull out your tricorder and you have connectivity pretty much anywhere on Earth. Um, I think this is brilliant. I've actually just within the last probably six or seven years had coworkers who lived in remote areas and they had to use like site to site uh, microwave to get, you know, to get high speed Internet just because there was just no cell service out there. There was no broadband service. So I do see Starlink and other companies like it actually um, just making, um, you know, Internet access more available to more people. Um, and it looks like at less cost. It's uh, it's expensive, but it's not as expensive necessarily as having somebody dig a trench to bring broadband to your house. Thing is, if, if all of these start to take off, there's going to need to be coordination because, yes, low Earth orbit is big. Uh, but when you've got multiple 
services with tens of thousands of satellites. Uh, you don't want them to run into each other. One of the advantages of this kind of service is it's hard to take out with a missile. If you just have one Telstar satellite broadcasting, you could you could conceivably shoot that down. That was a worry during the Cold War. Uh, mm-hmm. If you try to shoot a missile into a crowd of you know 20,000 Starlink satellites, well, yeah, you could have an effect, but you're not going to bring the whole network down. Right. However, you could create enough debris that it causes everybody's uh, satellites uh, to have problems. So there's there's going to be ha- there's going to have to be some kind of international cooperation on this. Yeah, space junk is becoming a real problem to where there's just I mean, there's literally thousands of pieces of metal just yeah, floating yeah. around, and it's, space is a big place. But Earth is not a big planet. And, you know, lower Earth orbit around us is, I mean, it, it's quite easy to run into stuff. And that stuff, and that actually happens fairly regularly. Yeah. When uh, when Russia tested uh, a missile uh, bringing down one of their own satellites, there was a lot of anger over them, you know, breaking their word, breaking treaties, possibly, et cetera, et cetera. There was plenty of worry about, like, we don't care whether you broke your word or a treaty or anything else. You just created a bunch of debris and a bunch of headaches uh, for a bunch of other people because you did that. So it's a, it's a big it's a big part of this, too. Wednesday, the U.S. National Transportation Safety Board Chair Jennifer Homendy told the Transportation Research Board in her keynote address, I'm concerned about the increased risk of severe injury and death for all road users from heavier curb weights and the increasing size, power and performance of vehicles on our roads, including electric vehicles. EVs can be heavy because of their batteries. The Ford F-150 Lightning is 2,000 to 3,000 pounds heavier than its non-electric version. The GMC Hummer EV has a curb weight of 9,053 pounds. Its battery pack weighs as much as a Honda Civic, and that's a problem. (laughs) Yes, Uh, because a heavier vehicle uh, causes more damage in a crash. And if you got two heavy vehicles, uh, that's a lot more damage because they're both heavy. Uh, And then that is made more complicated by... By speed, because the faster they go, uh, the more damage that happens there. Uh, vehicle power has increased 20% since 2004, meaning you've got more potential speed, not just more potential weight. A vehicle's kinetic energy is equal to half its mass multiplied by the square of its speed. So, uh, Rob, would you like to do the math? Well, I, I would do it, but fortunately <laughs> for us, ARS Technica's Jonathan M. Gitlin did the math for us. Oh, a 4,000-pound light-duty truck delivers 120 12 kilojoules of force at 25 miles per hour. Increase speed 40% to 35 miles per hour, and you get an increase of force of 96% to 220 kilojoules. So, Bodie, is this really a problem, or is it a problem just for trucks and Hummers? I, I Okay, so I'm going to preface all this with saying that I don't want to see anybody get hurt or die. Sure. So I'm, I'm going to go maybe to some darker places here. Um, we would... Car accidents happen all the time. It could be a semi-truck versus a regular car, a train, a bus. These things happen all the time. And it will always surprise me on how much damage is done to the vehicle and how the person who was in those vehicles or the people who are in those vehicles were able to either survive or come out uninjured. So this is all of this depends on, like you said, speed of the car. Where was the impact? Where were the people sitting? What are the size of the vehicles involved? Were they wearing their seatbelts? Um, did the airbags deploy safely? Was there already damage to the car before the accident? All this stuff plays a, a factor in this. And just to say that, you know, there's a good chance if, if a GMC Hummer hit a smart car, that's not going to be so good for the smart car. But in reality, uh, 
we don't know because weird things happen all the time. I was actually on a call a couple of years ago where a BMW ran through a, a stoplight and hit a pickup truck. And unfortunately, the driver of the pickup truck died, but it separated the cab from the bed. Like it was it was oh. a horrific accident. It, and the cab was a long way away from the bed. And uh, the BMW actually continued on and hit a brick wall. The people in that car, while they were injured, they weren't seriously injured. Mm. So all of this stuff is is almost like magic. You know, you don't even you don't know what is going to happen. You can guess. Right. But you'll 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 just respond to accidents that you think, well, this is going to be a normal accident and it's small. And then, you know, you might have a fatality or somebody seriously injured. Safety equipment adds to the weight, uh, maybe not as much as as, as batteries do, but yeah, the the Ars Technica article makes a a good point of of talking about how even the weights of things like, you know, uh, not PT Cruiser, maybe PT Cruiser, but, you know, those small little cars uh, has been good. Mini Cooper, I think is what they were talking about, uh, has been going up. I I think what Jennifer Hominy is saying is not we shouldn't make EVs, but she's saying these increased weights are going to make things just that much more uh, dangerous. Uh, And we need to think about that. We need to think about, is there a way to bring down the weights and still have the power efficiency? Are there other things we have to do? It's not that, well, you've got heavier cars and a bunch more people are going to die. It's, you know, it's dangerous enough out there already. This is something we should also be thinking about in addition to all the other safety concerns we think about. Yeah. And these cars, I'm sorry, Rob, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I wonder if part of this too, is that, is it really everything or is it just, I mean, when you start looking at that Hummer, that thing weighs almost 10,000 pounds. Um, that is different than the four. Granted, the, the F-150 is much heavier than a non-electric F-150, but it's not over 9,000 pounds. So, so is this really a, a Hummer thing or is this a all trucks thing? Um, I still don't think it's a it's an anything thing. I I think that these there's so few Hummers on the road right now, and even when they get up to to full production, there's going to still be not that many. It's a very expensive vehicle. Now that's not to say that uh, we shouldn't be worried about concern or concerned about accidents. I agree 100% with this person. We should be thinking about it. But modern cars are already designed to absorb the impact. So that the energy from that impact goes around the cab and, and there's crumple zones and the, the cars, when they get in an accident nowadays, they just look like they're just beat to heck. And the reason why is because that's, that's how they absorb that energy to keep the occupants in the car safe with the yeah. addition of airbags and stuff like that. Uh, to, to your point, Rob, the 93 Mini Cooper was 1,400 pounds. The 2023 electric Mini Cooper SE, 3,144 pounds. So the weight so issue... For everybody. The weight issue is going to be there for for a lot of cars, not not just for trucks. Uh, but yeah, w- whether that is as significant of an issue or not as as all these other things, uh, yeah, that I'm 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 listening to you, Bodhi. Uh, hopefully, it's 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 something we're we're adapting to, and that we're we're planned for with our current safety Ho- measures. Hopefully, the technology in these new SUVs will be there so that they can help you avoid accidents. <laughs> You know, or at least avoid more of them. I know that's that that's it, right? never going to be a, a complete, uh, you know, remedy. But hopefully, when these things are giant robots driving each other, they will know how to not hit each other. I agree. Yeah. 
Well, folks, uh, let's lighten things up and uh, chat away on social about what we had for lunch. You can get in touch with us uh, and the rest of the DTNS crowd at DTNS Show on Twitter, DTNS Show on Twitter, available on your third-party app whenever it comes back, uh, Daily Tech News Show on TikTok, and DTNS Picks, DTNS P-I-X on Instagram. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit Anthropic.com slash Claude today. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then Stripe tap to pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, Visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Tesla cut prices of its vehicles by up to 20%, depending on which model you're looking at this week. Uh, There are loads of reasons why they did that, of course, but one of them is competition. There are more competitive EVs out there than ever, and you could see a lot of them at the Consumer Electronics Show last week. Everyone from big automakers like Ram and Mercedes-Benz to a bunch of startups had something on offer. Uh, Bodhi walked the floors looking over the latest EV developments. Bodhi, what, what are some of the things you found most interesting? Well, first of all, last time I was on, we talked about VinFast, which is a Vietnamese company uh, that brought an electric car to the United States within a year. They they actually delivered 999 in 2022. So that was pretty impressive. They released the specs for the VF6 and the VF7, which are the more affordable models of the VinFast SUV line for the electric vehicles. And I was able to take I was able to drive the VF8, which is their bigger sedan, or excuse me, their bigger SUV, around a tiny course outside of the West Hall, and it was a it was a lot of fun. That car was a lot of fun to drive. Uh, unfortunately, uh, the range might not be exactly what you would want for a fifty-seven thousand dollar vehicle. The range, according to the EPA here in the United States, is one hundred and seventy-eight miles. Vinfast is saying two sixty. Hmm. I don't know exactly who to believe. Probably the EPA. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. Uh, so, so VinFast uh, is still real, uh, still, yeah. still an option out there. That's good to know. Uh, what about the reality of solar powered cars? We've talked about Lightyear before as well. Yeah, Lightyear is a Dutch, a Dutch company. And uh, I was talking to one of the reps, you know, and I was like, hey, you know what? I think this is a cool car, but I'm super disappointed that this thing is so expensive. And he said, well, we only built this car so that we could build the more affordable car, uh, the Lightyear 2. And that is what spurred me to actually uh, get an interview with this guy because it changed my whole perspective of the company. Um, because I want everybody to be able to own electric vehicles, not just people who can afford mm-hmm. a $250,000 vehicle. So the light year, like you said, has solar panels all around uh, the vehicle. It also has in-wheel hubs on our, all four wheels, which means that the electric motor is in the hub itself. And you don't lose any efficiencies transferring power from a motor to the tires. The motor uh, is okay. in the tires. Uh-huh. So uh, these solar panels will also provide up to 43 miles of charge a day. And in, you know, the Netherlands, it's quite cloudy. And they said that this number is pretty accurate for them. Um, The practical range is 621 miles, which is 1,000 kilometers. And when they say practical range, it means you're going to charge up the car and then you drive around. And as you drive around and parked outside the grocery store, it's charging up. Mm -hmm. The battery won't let you go 621 miles. The battery will only let you go 347 miles or 560 kilometers. But as, as you're driving, you'll add range by the sun. That's cool. Yeah. And uh, I think Aptera is another company that does this. And Sono is a, uh, company in germany that does this as well and they offer a thirty-five thousand dollar. okay so car. We, we none of us are on this show anyway well maybe rob are going to pay for the two hundred fifty thousand dollars <laughs> uh but <Sign> me up <laughs> but, but how much is the light year two going to run us again the Lightyear 2 is $40,000 and they actually had it. It was like behind this wall and you could go back and look at it. And they had these slits that were about a half an inch. So you'd have a half an inch of wood and then a, a half an inch of blank space. So you could look at the car and then another half an inch wood. So you really couldn't get a good look at the car, mm. but the very small amount that I could see, it looked like a, a good looking car. All right. All right. And did, did they have any idea when? Uh, this summer, I this believe summer? is when All they're right. planning on coming out with that. All right. What about motorcycles? Uh, speaking of hubless. Yes. Yeah, so I spoke with the CEO of Finnish company Verge Motorcycles, and they have a hubless tire as well, or excuse me, a hubless motor as well in the rear wheel. This vehicle looks like it should be owned by Batman. It is <laughs> awesome looking. Like I, I am not responsible enough to own a motorcycle. Um, I know that, but if I was responsible enough, it would be this motorcycle. The batteries actually sit in where the the ice the internal combustion motor would be on a normal motorcycle. So this this is just a very nice compact bike, and it is sporty. Um, yeah, very jealous uh, of people who get to ride motorcycles. It'll give you. It starts at 107 horsepower. Do you want me to give you the ultra specs or just the regular specs? Well, yeah, give us give us the the, the range and the dollar amounts. Okay, so for twenty six thousand uh, dollars, twenty six thousand nine hundred, you'll get a 107 horsepower, 155 miles of range. For the next model, 137 horsepower, 217 miles of range, and that'll cost you twenty nine thousand nine hundred. So probably worth upgrading there. But the ultra specs, uh, this is a 201 horsepower, 
233 miles of range, and that will be 44,900. And that also gives you 1,000 nanometers of torque. So ah, at 0 okay. to 60 in <laughs> 2.4 seconds or something like that. I was going to ask you where that extra $14,000 was going because you didn't get a whole yeah. lot more range. But it's yeah, that makes sense. You're, you're wanting this for other purposes than going a long way. You're paying for the thrill. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, how, how are these prices for because I, I haven't followed electric motorcycles at all. I'm not even sure how many are, are out there. How do these prices compare? I think they're up a little bit, but mm-hmm. uh, from what I can tell, the the product is quality. Mm-hmm. So I I can't tell you exactly. I don't cover electric motorcycles all that often, but this this one was so compelling to me uh, when I saw it in real life. I was like, I got to talk to these folks, and I waited for about 25 minutes to interview um, the CEO. I can't remember his name off the top of my head now, but. Yeah, really nice guy. Yeah, nice looking bike. Uh, all right. There were also not cars, not even motorcycles there. You saw a boat. Yes, the Candela C8 is a 24-foot electric boat, and it has hydrofoils. So normally when a boat is traveling through the water, it has to push that water out of its way. And it, it it's not going to get very good range. It's not very efficient that way. So the hydrofoils actually are deployed and they act like wings. And so as the water flows over to the hydrofoils, it lifts the boat out of the water two to three feet. Hmm. And through, um, you know, com- the, the, the computer, uh, it's able to steady itself. So it's, it's not, you're not going to get that choppy ride. You're going to get a nice smooth ride in up to four foot seas. And also because it is up and out of the water, that causes that creates more efficiencies. And at 28 knots, you're going to get about 52 miles of range with this. And this is a very small 48 kilowatt hour battery. And it's this is a 28 foot boat. It has in the in the bow, it has a cabin that will sleep too. Um, and it, it's sizable down there. This is this is a big boat. So it does feel at fifty two miles that this is for like going out on the water for the day, not not for like traveling. This this is this is for recreational use. Is that right? This is for people who could afford a, a, a yeah yeah they, yeah they could afford to bring back a dodo and eat it for dinner. This thing is three hundred ninety five thousand dollars <laughs> and uh, ah, yeah. tops out of like five fifty. I think it, it's not a cheap boat. That's a reason but, to go for the uh, the the Lightyear Model Two, so you could save money for your boat, right? <laughs> yeah, no, the, but but the 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 Candela, I was actually very surprised. It's got a carbon fiber um, body, and it it's just really pretty. I actually got excited when I saw it, like a like a schoolgirl. Nice, nice. Uh, well, I I do want to talk to you about some of the other uh, electric related stuff, uh, like like the uh, Super Base Five. Uh, we'll talk about that more on Good Day Internet. Uh, but if you had a real quick uh, top line on that, what should people know? Because we talked about the EcoFlow, but we didn't talk about this one. So this is a a battery system that is portable and is modular, so you can build up as you get more money. All right, good to know. Uh, we will have links to all of that in the show notes as well, dailytechnewsshow.com. Uh, let's check out the mailbag. Shane emailed us regarding the story of CNET using some uh, algorithms to write their stories. Uh, and in fact, CNET, uh, Connie Guglielmo, the editor-in-chief of CNET, wrote up a nice explanation of like, here's what we were thinking. This is why we're doing it. We're trying out technology. This is how we're evolving our thinking about it. You should go read that as well. Shane says, in reference to your discussion on uses for AI in titling and menial tasks, 
tasks related to podcasting. I was mentioning we use it on Sword and Laser as well. He says, I run an Instagram account for my bird photography, and my least favorite part used to be writing the captions. Now I use ChatGPT to not only generate the captions for the photographs, but it also does a very good job of generating relevant hashtags to go along with them. It has freed up a considerable amount of time and lets me build up a catalog of ready-to-go posts that I can keep in my back pocket. Thank you all so much for the work you put into the show to keep us all updated on what's happening in the tech world. Your show made me much cooler at parties, LOL. Uh, Shane, uh, we're, we're putting that on the masthead. Uh, made Shane cool at parties. Yeah, that's good. That's good stuff. And, and this is great. What a great use of it, uh, creating captions for your bird photographs, hashtags, and all, all that stuff. I feel like, Rob, you could you could do something like that. Um, I tell you what, uh, these large language model AIs are changing how we do stuff. And I, I know that there's people, oh, you're taking jobs away from copywriters and writers and all this kind of stuff. Well, in the case here, Shane, Shane was not hiring a writer to do this. He was agonizing doing it himself. And now he does not have that problem anymore. Yeah. Um, so I think that, uh, you know, th- these things are here to stay. They're only going to get better. And we're just going to have to adjust to how we start to use them in, um, you know, in our day to day work. Absolutely. All right. Uh, somebody who will never be replaced by a machine learning algorithm is Len Peralta. He has been illustrating today's show, possibly with the aid of AI. I have no idea. Uh, Len, what have you no. drawn for us today? Thank you so much, by the way. Um, no, you know what? Uh, so EVs are getting too heavy. Mm. Um, uh, you know, here's the thing. It's only two weeks into the new year. Can you give these guys a break, please? Okay. <laughs> if they haven't even gotten a chance to really work out their resolutions. Uh, that's a take, good point. Yeah, just give them a break here. This uh, this image is called Heft EV. <laughs> and uh, you can, if you're interested in this, you want to hang it up in your cubicle or whatever. Maybe you work for Ford or something and you want to, um, or yeah. for the National uh, Transportation and Security Board too, uh, Safety Board, uh, you can pick this up at my Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Len. Just become a member there or do the old-fashioned way. Go to my store, lenperaltstore.com, which, by the way, I'm open for commissions. If you're looking for me to draw for you, uh, think about it because uh, it is a new year and uh, I have my own resolutions as well. So. <laughs> you you and the and the heavy EVs also the have. heft EVs. Heft, yes. heft EVs. Sorry, my, my, <laughs> my apologies. Uh, Rob Dunwood, a pleasure as always, my friend. What do you got going on to tell folks about? It is always a pleasure being here on DTNS, and you guys can find me pretty much everywhere on the web at Rob Dunwood, and please check out my SMR podcast and the Tech John podcast. Those are the other two things that I work on pretty much every week. Yeah, do not miss them. Uh, Bodie Grimm, uh, folks should find more of the great information you bring us at your podcast. Where can they go? Uh, you can just search for Kilowatt in their podcatcher of choice. I have uh, all the interviews of the products that I talked about today um, up on the podcast now. I think I have two more to do tonight after we get done with this. And then I also had some non-EV stuff that uh, interviews that I recorded. I gave those to Allison for the Nozillacast. Oh, so nice. if you're interested, go and and subscribe to her podcast and she'll release those when she feels it's time. Yeah, go go to podfeet.com for even more Bodie and Allison, uh, two of my, my, my favorites together. Uh, 
A special uh-huh. thanks to Dale Guadagna, who is one of our top lifetime supporters for DTNS. Thank you for all the years of support. Dale, uh, you could be the next Dale. Just head on over to patreon.com slash DTNS. Because if you do, you're going to get the extended show. Good day, Internet. We're going to be talking to Bodie and Rob a little more. You can also catch the show live Monday through Friday, 4 p.m. Eastern, 2100 UTC. More about that is at dailytechnewsshow.com slash live. We're off on Monday for the Martin Luther King Jr. holiday in the United States, but we're back on Tuesday with Nika Monfort. Talk to you then. This week's episodes of Daily Tech News Show were created by the following people. Host, producer, and writer Tom Merritt. Host, producer, and writer Sarah Lane. Executive producer and booker Roger Chang. Producer, writer, and host Rich Straffolino. Video producer and Twitch producer Joe Kuntz. Technical producer Anthony Lamos. Spanish language host, writer, and producer Dan Campos. News host, writer, and producer Jen Cutter. Science correspondent Dr. Nikki Ackermans. Social media producer and moderator Zoe Detterding. Our mods, Beatmaster, W. Scott one, BioCal, Captain Kipper, Steve Guadarrama, Paul Reese, Matthew J. Stevens, a.k.a. Gadget Virtuoso, and J.D. Galloway. Mod and video hosting by Dan Christensen. Music and art provided by Martin Bell, Dan Luters, Mustafa A., Acast, and Len Peralta. Live art performed by Len Peralta. Acast ad support from Tatiana Matias. Patreon support from Dylan Harari. Contributions for this week's show came from Patrick Norton, Scott Johnson, Justin Robert Young, Chris Christensen, and Rob Dunwood. Our guests this week were Robert Heron and Bodie Grimm. And thanks to all our patrons who make the show possible. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.